Today I'm going to talk a bit about Jonah. You know, so, uh, you know, there's an animal in that story. Actually, there's lots of animals if you read the story. Uh, so the title I was going to give today, originally it was going to be Jonah and the Whale. Right. Ben, you know, is my son. He's very, very fussy on animal definitions and what belongs to which and the words. Yeah. I said, Dad, this... It's not Jonah the whale. It says big fish. It says big fish in the Bible. You cannot use that title. I said, okay, I I know. I'm I'm astute. I said, yes, Jonah and the whale. (laughs) (laughs) Got you there, son. (laughs) Because really, if you think about Jonah, I mean, he was the original whaler. I mean, he had a good old moan. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, yeah, even at the uh, end of Jonah 4... No, it says, he wanted to die and said, it will be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. And that's kind of a serious moan. I mean, you might have seen little kids kind of do that same thing, isn't it? You know, when you know, they want something and they're going, I'm going to cry and I cry till I'm sick until you give me what I want. Uh, and you know it's kind of like doing that little kind of blackmail trick on you and really that's the way Jonah was you look at all the prophets you know he was the original Mona so actually I thought actually I've got a better title now forget Jonah and the whale because that might cause confusion for the animal lovers I thought you know it's, uh, it's got to be Jonah the Ramona I mean he is the original he is the original I mean, if there's ever, ever somebody didn't want to leave, <laughs> you said, look, I didn't vote for this, I want to remain, can you change your mind? I want a second vote, God, this is not fair, I'm not going. It's Jonah. So he was the original Ramona. <laughs> and really, yeah, often that story, we kind of think it's about, uh, you know, Jonah being scared to leave, you know, kind of fear. And there's that element there. And you can kind of understand why. I mean, even when uh, Jonah sent to Nineveh, I mean, Nineveh, does anybody know where Nineveh is today? Where's Nineveh? Iraq. You probably know, Mo. Yeah, so it's in Iraq, it's uh, Mosul, near Mosul, uh, which is where ISIS was kind of centred, you know what I mean? So really, that's like saying to, to Roger, poor old Roger, saying, you know, you're not going to Birmingham, we've got another job for you, Roger. Mosul. Mosul needs you. <laughs> Go and talk to ISIS. Uh, you know, convince them to repent. <laughs> to say, yeah, we've given up Islam, we're going to follow Jesus and the Bible, uh, and you need to go there. And you go, yeah, but, you know, there's a couple of journalists, you know, they lost their heads, and it's all a bit scary. You know, where's that my contract? I'm, you know, I, that's not my contract. I'm, I'm going to Birmingham. I was called to Birmingham. I'm going there. And there is that element to the story. But really, actually, I think the story... Uh, has far more deeper meanings to it. Mm. I'd really actually probably understanding, well, who was Jonah? You know, the background of the character. And really, in the Old Testament, there's only one other reference to Jonah. So there is one reference in uh, 2 Kings 14. And it says, okay, in the 15th year of Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria. And he reigned for 41 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn away from any of the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. He was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Dead Sea in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath-Hefer. So that's 
actually quite an interesting background to Jonah. Because what we see here is, you know, Jeroboam, actually this is Jeroboam II. He was an evil king. And yet, the kingdom expanded. So Assyria were kind of, uh, you know, Syria kind of got weakened under Assyria pressure. So Israel was able to expand westers. They kind of took uh, Damascus and expanded towards that area. And really that's the opposite of what should happen. You know, if you're evil and wicked, you should be punished. Israel should be being destroyed. And yet Jonah says, okay, actually, God is merciful. Yeah, even though you're evil, your kingdom has expanded. And this is the word, one of mercy, which when you look at the story of Jonah, you're thinking, the whole story is actually about mercy. And really when we look at the other prophets at that time, the other one was uh, Amos. And really, Amos had a very different message. So, Amos uh, chapter 7. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, What do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, Look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed and the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. With my sword I will rise against the house of Jeroboam. And really that's the type of prophet we expect, isn't it? You know, you're an evil king, you're going to be ruined. You know, everything's going to be gone. So really there's this battle between Jonah and Amos between really actually about mercy and justice. And really actually that's kind of like a, an ongoing battle. When you think about the human condition or life or even modern life, it's like, well sometimes we need to be, have things right and the law and justice and other times it should be mercy, I should let them off. And, and how do I balance this? And we can have that in our lives today. Certainly that was happening 2,000 years ago. You know, we can see it everywhere. And there are no easy answers. It's kind of like a cosmic battle that kind of goes on forever. But really, you know, one or two examples, I was thinking about, uh, hopefully the next slide, oh yeah, sorry, uh, this one. Yeah, road rage. Anyone who's driving here, you know, so I'm driving, I'm leaving Leicester, coming around the roundabout, and the guy, he, he comes across in my lane, he cuts me off in the roundabout. And, you know, those who drive, you know, we've probably had a few occasional moments of anger. You know, me and where we've gone, whoa, what's he doing? Does he see that the road is coming off? You know, this crazy driver, this, and we get kind of all angry, we beep our horn, oh, what are you doing? And we say, there should be justice. No, yeah, the police should stop this guy, whatever they're doing, they're speeding down the motorway, where's the police when you want them? <laughs> Justice. And yet, when we do it ourselves, we have a different approach, don't we? Like, oh, hey, be merciful. I mean, look, I didn't see you, I made a mistake, I didn't know where I was going, I was following the signs, my sat now confused me. You know, I'm only human. I'm only human, it's not my fault, give me mercy. And we have a very, very different approach. When we, uh, you know, think, uh, you know, physically, so yeah, I think you just saw the next slide that was coming up, but Shemina Begum. Because, mm-hmm. you know, politically, you know, actually, me, when I heard the story a month ago, you, you don't quite know which side to go with. You say, well, it should be justice. She's a war bride. You know, she went to uh, Syria, ma- you know, married a terrorist, kind of believes in the cause, and so surely, yeah, she shouldn't lay her back in the country, and actually she should be imprisoned, and, you know, that's justice. She knew what she was doing when she left. Mm-hmm. And that's justice. And really that's kind of the, what the Home Office did. They said, okay, we've revoked uh, your citizenship. 
And then part of you thinks, well, actually, there shouldn't there be mercy? Because really, actually, she was young. She was 19 when she left. She didn't really know what was going on. She kind of apologised, kind of said, well, you know, ISIS did some wrong things. Uh, there's then talk saying, well, really, she was groomed. She was groomed, prepared to be sent out. Or when you think of the baby who passed away, you think, well, the baby's British, and the baby's innocent, and the baby didn't do anything, so should we punish the baby? And really, actually, I don't even know what side I'm on. You know what I mean? It's this constant battle between, yeah, there should be justice as an example, but then mercy because, well, we all make mistakes. And it's this constant thing. And really, I had uh, something that happened to me uh, you know, recently myself, because sometimes things happen in life, I think, well, why did that happen? You know, why am I kind of going through this little uh, problem, this moment? And then afterwards, I thought, well, actually, to share the sermon, I thought, amen, that's why God, you've given me this <laughs> incident. Yeah, because we went to uh, Cyprus uh, three, four weeks ago, so we're going for a wedding for one of the brothers there, so he just got married, and off we went to Cyprus. Uh, and then Keeble, you know, started getting wanted messages on his phone, saying, okay, actually, you know, we've got a fraud alert, have you used your card? I think, well, he hasn't because he's in Cyprus, so he's not used it in Leicester or any news agent or I think they were trying to order um, uh, delivery food, Deliveroo, wasn't it? So I was like, well, no, they're not delivering to Cyprus. That is, that's definitely fraud. So we kind of cancelled all this. Uh, and then really we're speaking to Keeble's friend who was kind of, uh, kind of house-sitting for us. I mean, Keeble has some exotic pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he has some uh, Chinese water dragons, so we have dragons for pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has some cockroaches, amen. So I think we're the only people in England with dragons and cockroaches yeah. uh, as pets together. Uh, and so really his friend would go in every day just to feed, uh, feed the dragon. <laughs> and so from there, you know, we spoke to a friend. He said, oh, well, actually, uh, you know, my brother came to me and said, well... Uh, uh, yeah, your card was stolen, and he and he gave me Keeble's card back to me, and yeah, he says he saw a guy in our flat uh, as he was walking past. This is his friend's brother, uh, you know, with a balaclava, rushed around the front of the building, found him in the street, uh, said, "Excuse me, <laughs> you know, can I have this? Your, my, you know, anything you've stolen? Can I have the card back?" And that's how we got this card back with this guy, balaclava, tool bag. And so you're kind of a bit worried at that time because we, we're on the phone. Like, well, is the flat broken into? What do you mean there was somebody in there? And can you go go down and have a check? So he, he rushes down there. We're doing a video camera through uh, Skype. Just show me is there anything kind of missing in the flat? We realise nothing is. We realise that well, actually the, the door's still locked. You know the story doesn't make sense because if there was a thief, nobody locks the door. So, oh, spotted. I just lock the door and head off down the road. Uh, so the story began to unravel that really we learned or suspected well nighttime century, you know, really it was the brother that he'd come into the house with his uh, and he'd seen the card and Keeble's desk uh, and, and just taken two seconds and was going around using it. Mm. And so part of you, yeah, you're quite upset. Initially you want justice, isn't it? Mm. Like, what? They stole from my hat, they stole from my son, they're spending that card, they were doing contactless payments, you know, I'm going to get the police, I'm going to find the bank, this is fraud, yeah, we're going to deal with this. I think, you know, how can he, you know, his uh, friend's brother even have that lack of trust, you know what I mean? To go into somebody else's house, who you know, and then to steal somebody's card and be using it, you know, this is atrocious, and I want justice. Uh, and so, yeah, we, when we got back, yeah, we, we did a complaint with the police, you know, because you have to do with the, uh, the fraud alert with the bank, so we were kind of following all that. And then we learned a bit more about the brother. And, 
you know, understand, well, actually, you know, he, he has a social worker, he came from a troubled background, he's just turned 18, uh, you know, I spoke to the social worker, actually, I got a number, I phoned her up. Mm-hmm. I said, well, actually, I'd kind of rather deal with this in-house rather than with the police, because that's kind of a, you know, a better way, or understand he is fairly troubled, you know, he's kind of uh, been through the foster system and adoption, so he's kind of had a very troubled childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the social work was like, well, okay, we'll, uh, you know, I will talk to him. You know, I'm sorry this happened. Uh, and maybe I'll even get to write a letter of apology to you. You know, so I'll have a word with him. I'll give you a call on Thursday. I said, okay, yeah, I'd rather that way. I'd rather have mercy and that he understands there's been a breach of trust, but, you know, it doesn't go any uh, kind of further. And then really, actually, the social worker never called me back. I never got a letter. But then the police are phoning. You know, you know, we're going to go get some CCTV footage because we know one place where he used it, and we've got the date and the time, and we're talking to that news agent. And again, you're in a quandary. I think, well, okay, well, I want justice because really, yeah, he was a, a thief. He deserves some reprimand. Mm-hmm. But then you understand, well, really, he deserves some mercy. Or again, talking to the social worker, it's like, well. Really, you know, okay, yeah, he, he does take advantage of people. You know, this kid, he takes advantage of people, doesn't quite understand trust, but he has earned difficulties himself, mm-hmm. and really, he's, he's had those things happen to him in the past. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of feel really bad, like, well, yeah, you know, not that's all right, you know, he did the wrong thing, but now I understand the reasons, and maybe there should be mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you've got to kind of break that cycle. Break the mm-hmm. cycle of just, well, please, jail. Now, if he goes to jail, he'd probably be ruined for life, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mentally. So that's why all that happened. <laughs> so I could talk about justice against mercy, because there's no easy answer. And in real life, mm-hmm. there actually is no easy answer with that situation. You know, how, do I, how do I proceed with it? But really, actually, when we are thinking about, well, okay, why is Jonah so important? Really, it's actually because... Jesus referred to Jonah. Mm-hmm. Well, really, Jonah said, well, actually, if you're looking for the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is like, mm-hmm. look at Jonah. Mm-hmm. You said, well, you know, kind of Jonah pre-configured me. I'm of the same type as Jonah. What Jonah did, my new kingdom, that's what it's going to do. That's what it's going to be like. And so really in uh, Luke 11, uh, it reads, as the crowds increased... Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom at King Solomon's school and now everything greater than Solomon is here the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonah and now something greater than Jonah is here and so really that's how people are going to Jesus saying well how do we know what you're preaching is the kingdom of God it's a bit like people coming today saying, well, okay, this church, how do we know this is the kingdom of God? Give us a sign, give us something to show us, to tell us. And some of us know the sign of Jonah from uh, Matthew um, 16, where it talks about three days and three nights. It's like, okay, that's like Jesus, you know, being buried and whatever. But here in Luke, actually, there's no reference to that. He doesn't talk about that. He talks about, well, the Gentiles will be converted. That's the sign, is that the Gentiles 
you know, the people of Nineveh were Gentiles, total non-believers. They were enemies uh, of uh, Judaism. But if they repented, then that has to happen today. Well, even when you look at the story of Jonah, think of the sailors on the boat. Because often we kind of forget that element. And, and they were all Gentiles also. Uh, Jonah 1, verse 4 and 5. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. And even when we think about that passage, you know, we see the echoes of the New Testament there. Because actually we see, well, Jesus is like Jonah. When we talk about, you know, don't hold us accountable shedding innocent blood, is that what people said about, you know, Jesus on the cross? Don't hold us accountable. We didn't mean to crucify him when we said crucify him. You know, we're innocent. It's not our fault. Or even actually Jonah, he kind of volunteered. He said, look, I think I'm the cause of this storm and this problem. Chuck me overboard. I'm the problem. Well, actually, didn't Jesus himself surrender? Didn't he say, well, actually, yeah, use me, cast me down? Mm. Yeah, even actually in the uh, original Hebrew, that passage, I mean, when it talks about being cast down into the, uh, the deep seas, actually uses the word shill, which is, you know, when the versions are, one of the words for hell. So he's cast down into hell. There's all this correspondence, just as Jesus went down into Sheol and preached the spirits. Mm. So there's so many kind of rough references to Jonah is like Jesus. Mm. And really that sign that, okay, one of the signs of the Gentiles is, okay, how do we know this is the kingdom of God? Well, for a start, actually, I think in this room, now I don't think we have envy from a Jewish background to our knowledge. Is envy comes from a Jewish background? No. So we're all Gentiles. So that, that in itself shows, okay, well, this is the kingdom of God because Gentiles are worshipping God. So this is a sign already. Uh, actually, when we think about the, uh, the book of Jonah, and yeah, he, he set sail from the port of Joppa. So when he was going to go try to go to Tarshish, he set sail from Joppa. Well, where else do we see Joppa in the New Testament? Where did Peter have his vision uh, of Gentile conversion? The vision. Joppa. You know, coincidence or providence? Was it that designed by God? But yeah, that's where Gentile Christianity started, from a vision in Joppa. But really, there's one more sign I want to uh, talk about. And really, that's a sign of mercy. Because, yeah, I mean, reading again in uh, Jonah 4, he said, yeah, but the Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. (coughs) And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot, cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Amen. 
Because actually, fun enough, actually, even in Jonah, the animals, quote, repent. I mean, they are covered in sackcloth, uh, and here it says they're saved. Now, I don't think animals can be saved. I'm sorry, son. I don't think animals quite have a soul. But really, I think even there, it's a symbol to say, well, actually, this is for all creatures of the earth, for all the Gentiles, for everybody. Everybody's under the dominion of God or the Israel nation. This is for all people, yeah, and creatures are under our dominion. But really, yeah, the end of Jonah is about mercy. It's about, well, this is a sign. Yeah, if you look at what God's kingdom is about today, it's, well, it's where there's mercy, it's where there's forgiveness. It's, you know, it's kind of like, thinking, well, which kingdom would I rather be in? Would I rather be in the kingdom of Amos? <laughs> or the kingdom of Jonah? <laughs> and I think for me, I know which one I'd rather be. I need a lot of mercy, I need a lot of forgiveness. Uh, cast my son, you know, so, uh, are you perfect? No, I'm not. You know, I mean, I need mercy from a son, I need mercy from a wife, I need word, mercy from a family, and, uh, you know, mercy from uh, people within the church. And really, that's the type of kingdom I want to be in. I said, well, amen, I want to be. I'm glad you like Jonah, Jesus, because that's the kingdom I want to be in. And really, actually, we kind of see that really, that's the, plan all along. When we look at the kingdom of God, I mean, as another reference, uh, yeah, think about the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. Because really, actually, the Lord's Prayer, I mean, I learned as a kid, you know, most of us know off by heart. Mm-hmm. And we kind of think, well, it's a nice prayer, it's one about uh, structure of how to praise. You know? It starts off with praising God, and then, uh, you know, praying for the people, praying for our needs, uh, praying for forgiveness, and, you know, your kingdom will come and expand, and we see it as a structure. When really, actually, when we reanalyze that prayer, really, it's about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's a revolutionary prayer. It's not just a structure of, hey, I thought you guys, when you were following me, I thought you knew how to pray, and now I'm having to teach you. I mean, come on, guys, didn't you pray before? I mean, you're supposed to be Jews. That is revolutionary. Because first of all, okay, our Father in Heaven. So it's not Yahweh, it's not God. It's, okay, we're in an intimate relationship. You know, okay, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven. And really, that says earth. It doesn't say for the kingdom of Israel or for his people. Mm. It says, well actually, your kingdom is for all the earth. It's for all the Gentiles and all the animals. The whole earth is meant to be like it is in Heaven. So it's not a physical land, it's a kingdom of, of the air, of the spirit. You know, when we think of this cosmic battle between justice and mercy, mm-hmm. that's the type of kingdom we're in, that's one of the heart. Mm-hmm. It says, okay, and forgive us as we also forgive others. Mm-hmm. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Mm-hmm. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Mm-hmm. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Mm. And actually, that's a, a challenging postscript. We kind of forget that bit, don't we? Oh yeah, read the Lord's Prayer, brilliant, amen. Oh, that part's a bit challenging. Forgive other people. Mm. You know, I was happy being forgiven. I want my wife and my kid and my friends and my work colleagues and other you know, uh, people at church to forgive me. I like that part. But I have to forgive others. So really, in conclusion, it's kind of thinking, well, really, yeah, the kingdom of God is about mercy. We need to be uh, merciful. Uh, actually, I'm on the right slide. Yeah, be, be merciful. And that's the sign. Now, if somebody was to come into the room and say, well, okay, is this a kingdom of God? Is this God's right church? 
I mean, there's kind of two signs. One, we're Gentiles. I can see by the different types of faces, we are all Gentiles. But on the outside, that's easy to look at. Okay, I can see different nationalities, we're all together, brilliant, this must be the kingdom of God. But the other sign is mercy. And that's a bit more difficult to see because that's inside your heart, isn't it? You can't see if somebody is merciful. You can only tell by the things they do, the way they act, uh, by their approach, by their reputation. Uh, you know, Mo, oh, Mo is merciful. Oh, you know, but that's a great character trait to have. Oh yeah, he's so merciful. And so really actually thinking for ourselves, okay, is there somebody you know, we need to be merciful to? Because yeah, this is the kingdom of God. Yeah, we need to forgive others. There might be somebody in your mind now, you think, well, actually, I know somebody I'm having struggles with, uh, I've messed up, uh, or I just feel distant from them, I, I just feel a bit of hesitation. It's not that I hate them, it's just I don't like them. There's just, you know, there's just a feeling there, and maybe I need to phone them up, or go and visit them, or talk to them, mm. and say, okay, yeah, look, you know, I forgive you, forgive me, and we talk it through. Because mm. really when we do that, that brings us peace. Amen. Brings us peace in our lives, uh, brings... Uh, peace in our families, <laughs> amen, if we forgive each other. Uh, peace in our church, uh, peace in our workplaces, uh, you know, peace in the country, peace in the world, you name it, it brings peace. Mm-hmm. And so really it leads me to my kind of final thought is thinking, well, okay, if Jonah is, you know, this type, this pre-configuration what's happening, well, what does the name Jonah mean? Does anybody know what the name Jonah means? Yeah, dove. Oh. So it's Dove which is normally the, uh, the symbol for peace. So that's kind of a bit remarkable. What coincidence of providence? Has God kind of planned that of the dove is going to give this message about how to resolve justice and mercy? And then in the Bible it says he was the son of uh, Amittai. Does anybody know what Amittai means? Truth. Truth. So there's Jonah, peace, son of truth. So if ever there's a story of truth we need, it's about reconciliation and forgiveness. So really, yeah, that's uh, the end of uh, my message. It's something, you know, hopefully, you know, you can uh, think about in your heart of, okay, you know, uh, actually, do I have one more slide? No, I don't. Yeah, so, yeah, the last slide is just about be, be merciful. If you think of, okay, what was the message about? In summary, if there's something to memorise, to go back and thinking, what was Dylan talking about last week? It's like, oh, be merciful. Maybe when you're driving home down the roundabout through spaghetti junctions, wherever you have to go, you might say, Oh, be merciful. After you, please. So, uh, yeah, thank you for hosting me and uh, wonderful to be here. Thank you.